Hello and welcome to another episode of Story Screen Presents Hot Takes. I'm Jack Kolejewski, joined tonight by a full crew. We've got Bernadette Gorman-White. We've also got Robbie Anderson. And we've got, finally, Jeremy Kolejewski. How are you guys doing right now? Been better. Been better? Been, been okay? Better. Oh, Burned I feel down. I feel great. Burned that? Yeah, loves, I feel great as well. Okay, cool. Burned couple loves pain. Yeah, a couple <laughs> masochists <laughs> you don't know on the team. Um, we, just, come out. we just saw a movie, um, and I think I need to call my professional about it. But we're, for now, we're going to talk here to you, the viewer, and to each other about Midsummer. So Midsummer. So I think just Midsummer's good. Cool. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, this is the follow-up, not follow-up. It's the next movie from Ari Aster, the who is sophomore the, effort. Yeah, thank you, Jeremy. The sophomore effort of Ari Aster, director of Heredit last year's Hereditary, which was one of my favorite movies of last year. Also one of mine. Uh, as, as everybody to make everybody's top ten last year. I didn't see it before the top That's tens, right. but would I have, very much enjoyed it. Would it have made it if you were to have seen it? I think so. Mm, I think so. Yeah. You, you know, can't really rehash that sort of thing. Hey, man, Call Me By Your Name was like my big regret in 2017. <sighs> Mine too, man. Oh, and, really? Uh, yeah, time. and uh, my friend uh, Dahmer was the other one. Mm, that you included yeah, like and now you one. wouldn't have included? I would have included oh, it I if see. I saw it in the mid nineties. Mid-90s would have made it. That's my 2018 oh, list. Had I, yeah, it does. So but we're not here to talk about 2018. We're talking about 2019 right now Woo. because Midsummer is... One of A24's big horror offerings for the year. Usually A24 has their big like kind of showstopper sort of horror movie one per year. We've got The Witch back in 2016 and then It Comes at Night in 2017 and then in 2018 was Hereditary. And then this year they've got another banger from Ari Aster and they've got another banger from Robert Eggers, uh, The Lighthouse, which is coming at a undetermined date later this year. But for now, what did you guys think? What's your hot take on Midsummer? Jeremy, you look like you're bursting at the seams. <laughs> this is, uh, I think I mentioned this on a previous podcast, like sometime last year, that this was probably my number one most anticipated movie. I agree with you. Uh, it was mine as well. This, this year, and it definitely delivered. Uh, this is not a sophomore slump, much like um, Jordan Peele. Uh, with his um, second movie. Now uh, that's a fucking hot take if I've ever um, heard one. You want to run that by me again? Much like, well, well, yeah. I'm comparing the two directors who had big breakout uh, horror successes in the last couple of years coming into 2019 with their second offerings and and absolutely killing it. Oh, okay, I thought you said. I, I I read that as you were saying us as the, the sophomore slump. No, no, no. no, no. This, is, this is not a sophomore slump. Uh, gotcha. I see. Let me clarify. I, I'm not the only one confused by that, right? Okay. Yes, I agree. I think this is – he okay. he took us on a wild ride. Yeah. Um, you, you, you guys go ahead. Oh, I feel extremely empowered watching this. Okay. I think – I don't know if I could go so far to say like as a woman – but it felt very empowering to watch mm-hmm. this movie. Mm-hmm. And coming out of Hereditary, you feel very drained and like everything's terrible. But this movie perhaps brainwashed me and I kind of joined 
this group of people just like sure. she does by sure. the end. And uh, we can yeah. certainly talk about that, that at the end. Yeah, uh, what, for sure. What's going on here at the end? But I feel very empowered watching it. Robert, uh, I think it's a masterpiece. Wow. I also spicy one. never want to watch it again. Uh, <laughs> you much said like, that about Hereditary. Yeah, and I say about a lot of horror movies because I feel pain, uh, and I don't like to feel pain. I like to sleep at night because I like having good dreams. And uh, Hereditary is the opposite of what that does for me, and Midsummer might also be the same. Uh, yeah, I think it's um, – I think in the first, like – 15 minutes of the movie, I was just like, I'm so fucking strapped in for this movie. Like, I yeah. was so just blown away. We're going to talk about that opening. Movie. Yeah. Trust me. We're going to keep it spoiler free for the first right. segment of this podcast, and then we'll break into some specifics after the break. But yeah. Um, uh, I'm with you, Robbie. I think it. that first opening really... It sets the stage for what's going to happen. Everything, man. From music uh, to set yeah, piece, like and I think um, a powerful mission statement for sure. Um, Hereditary was definitely still within the realm of traditional horror, but definitely done on the kind of elevated sense that A twenty four has kind of really carved out its niche with horror, mm-hmm. um, and it routinely has picked some some winners. Um, year over year, uh, I think Midsummer. You would be doing a disservice to this movie just calling it a horror movie because I think, and we we have this kind of similar discussion almost every time we see one of these A twenty four horror movies. How I think a lot of people will go into this thinking this is you know your more traditional horror movie mm-hmm. and will be disappointed um, in that regard. Uh, this movie is completely fucked. I don't think it's necessarily a capital H horror movie, but it is among the more disturbing movies I've ever seen. Relentlessly disturbing. Yeah. Not relentlessly disturbing. I felt it was relentlessly disturbing. Um, I was my spine was like at I think ninety movie, degrees yeah. the, the whole time. I think it just proves that, like, I think the movie uh, it's a lot about how you interpret it as yeah. the viewer. Um, I think you know, you know, I'm glad that we have burned it here. Uh, as token woman on the podcast, but you know, <laughs> there's a reason why she feels very empowered, and mm-hmm. I'm like, I'm having a bad fucking time. <laughs> like, you know, there, it speaks to what the movie is trying to do. I think. Well, I, I definitely think, so. think I see what you're seeing, what you're saying there with the empower, empowerment angle, uh, and I definitely want to like break into that with you. Uh, oh, for sure. I think it was just uh, spellbinding the entire time. And the longer you sit in this film, the more you get wrapped into that spell. For sure. And I actually, my spine loosened, I felt, as it progressed. Because I knew we were going to see some terrible things. I knew, you know, going into okay. it, we were going to get some shock value for sure. But I think it's like, ooh, I think I can take some more. All right. I think I can handle 10 <laughs> more minutes of this. And then it became longer and longer. Yeah. And I, I was th- like, I think I could watch this forever <laughs> and be okay. This could be my life. Yeah, I, I, I'm with you where I feel like I almost could have used a little bit like it's not hmm. hereditary had a very much like a vertical or like a, a like a climb hereditary to it kind of becomes a horror movie in the last act. Yeah, like well, hereditary it, is very similar to this movie. And then the last act, it's just like, all right, now we're pulling out the stops. 
the creepies, the parents go on fire, spoilers for hereditary, people lose their fucking yeah, minds. Chill, yeah, come on, come down, come down. <laughs> Climbing up walls. Doing all the things. Um, yeah. All of the scary yeah, things yeah, yeah. you would expect. Yeah, it, exactly. it definitely escalates in the third act, and this movie, I'm just going to say, is paced differently than yes. that. Mm-hmm. Um, just to set expectations up top. Um, I, I think it's interesting the way this movie is paced, and which that's kind of what I mean by I don't think it's like consistently bone chilling. There's kind of like an a bit more of an ebb and flow. There's definitely an uh, undertone of discomfort this whole time, but I do think it kind of waxes and wanes a little bit, which I'm still maybe percolating a little bit. How if I prefer like if I had to pick one of these two, I think these two movies exist as complementary pieces. I agree. Um, but I'm, I think I'm still trying to sort out which one I actually prefer. I think with Hereditary, it doesn't care if you're comfortable with what's happening. But I think with Midsummer, it's trying to make you more comfortable with the things that in human life, in the real world, we struggle with on a constant basis. It's trying to say this is a part of life. We want to help you be more comfortable sure. with these terrible things that happen. Yeah. I was going to say that as well as that Ari Aster's exceptional at bringing in these uncomfortable truths within the case of hereditary about uncomfortable hard truths about family and right. in the realizing case of, your family is flawed is in flawed. some major well, ways. Also those flaws are within you and well. yeah. midsummer uh brings those uncomfortable truths to light but this time about uh, relationships and modern relationships that we have with each other and, and even mortality in a pretty and, big way. Yeah. Pretty mm-hmm. on the nose way. Yeah. The movie uses some like hard tropes to its benefit to kind of, I think, like ease the audience in with familiar ground with having like a a posse of people uh, you're yeah, kind of following. A group of teens. Well, a not quite teens, teens, going but like someplace that teens. they're little, not supposed to be there. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But like, I think that's like good ground to tread. Um, you know, it's good to use those tropes. So I think like. For weird movies like this, it's maybe less uh, affluent audiences to kind of ease, ease them into what's going it's on. It's not completely alienating the audience from the jump. Right. It it's kind of like, I know, I get It takes you by the hand and yeah. and brings you in, wades you in to also, the water. Also, if you're there for horror, like the first 10 minutes of the movie is just like, all right, well, here's, he takes some of this morsel to satiate you, you sick fuck. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It also helps that the, uh, a good group of the Motley crew of the uh, main actors, some of them are played by uh, familiar comedic actors. Yeah, there are f- some familiar faces. Yeah, uh, William William Jackson Harper, who That's, people uh, may know as Cheedy from The yes. Good Place. Yes, and Will Poulter, who people know, may know from uh, Where are the Millers, but he's also um, he's been in a lot of stuff. He's recently. been in a lot of stuff. He was in The Revenant. He was in uh, that uh, Black Mirror Bandersnatch. Yes, he originally signed up oh, to be. Yeah. Uh, he originally signed up to be Pennywise. But oh, okay. That uh, yeah. that he fell through, and he, he would have been a good choice. It would have been there's interesting. A, there's a better choice, and yeah, yeah, yeah. Doing yeah. It, <laughs> yeah, I think I no think uh, Warner Brothers felt the same way. Yeah. So there was <laughs> also. Chris Pratt's stunt double. Um, dude, I, not dude. his Avengers stunt double, his yeah. Parks and Rec stunt the, double. De- decaf Jack Renner. Or no, decaf uh, Chris Pratt. Yes. Who is Jack Renner. Yes. The whole dude, I was the whole time, I'm like, did, who, who, what cloning machine made this yeah. guy? A pretty good, not the best. Hollywood, not not a perfect machine. one, but a pretty good cloning machine. Yeah. Hollywood's the answer to that question. Yeah, they were just like, tweak it a little bit. Make him less ripped. <laughs> 
Yeah. <laughs> it's like done. Well, Disney, more, Disney hasn't up, gotten their hands on him yet, so. They like color corrected the gingerness. They're just like, all right, just put that little dot more into red. I, we're done, right? <laughs> this is it. Cool. Yeah. I have a friend who actually looks very much like that guy, except he's not a ginger. Sounds handsome. Yeah. I mean, the ginger <laughs> part is like very much kind of how he would look much more generic white guy and not exactly like Chris Pratt yes. if it weren't for the gingerness. Well, I think his hair color <laughs> is very important to his arc in the movie. Well, we'll break into that in spoilers. Yes. Um, before we go into spoilers, I do want to say this movie is fucking gorgeous. Mm-hmm. It's probably like one of the best looking horror movies since like The Shining, I think. Like, yeah. I don't know. Like the way that it yeah. uses like set design and kind of like symmetric yeah, uh, ways of shooting it. And there's a lot of action happening on different planes yeah. of the also, shot. The, the work with mirrors in this movie. Yeah, a lot of mirror stuff. Yeah. It's like it has everyone be in the scene together. It's nuts. It gives you time to take in the set mm-hmm. as well. A lot of long takes, a lot of wide shots yeah. and just like everything's just so bright and colorful and it's just very pleasing. It's a eye. it's a pastel nightmare. That is what I <laughs> yeah. expected going in and that is what I got. And I mm-hmm. It is a psychedelic pastel nightmare. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, yep. It's a very, like, I think from a craft technicality standpoint, like, everything's so deliberate yeah. and, like, purposeful and, like, there's not a wasted technique, I think, used in the movie, you know? Which Nothing's is, there for the sake of being there. That is very much what I expected coming off of Hereditary. Like, yeah. Hereditary mm-hmm. is not a fluke. Ari Aster knows what the fuck he's doing. The fact yeah. that this is his second movie is bananas. Yeah. It is completely nuts, and also he is completely twisted. That guy is <laughs> bless him, but he is he is fucked. I don't want to know what his nightmares look like. I, you know, <laughs> that's like not. A thing he, I want. he doesn't have nightmares. No. Uh, that's good. the whole he thing. He that's the thing. He doesn't sleep. He yeah. just he just dreams. Watches short dreams. films on Vimeo. Those are his nightmares. Oh fuck! <laughs> I don't want it. That's yeah, a different I rabbit think, hole. I do think we'll I need through. to go into that rabbit hole. Yeah, yeah. they're, like they're all paid. on Vimeo for free. Cool, so, cool. Yeah, the strange things that happen to the Johnsons—that's the most notable one. That one's fucked. Cool. Yeah. I believe it. <laughs> <laughs> I definitely, definitely believe it. Yeah. Yeah, it's amazing how he can take such beautiful landscapes and nature, and then put you in all of these seemingly very tiny spaces and make them seem vast and important. Yeah. The way he messes with space is incredible yeah yeah the way he messes with time in this movie is really notable i think especially mm-hmm. from the psychedelic aspect well yeah of it. he introduces like a very great device early on in the film that like he can kind of call back to stylistically you know so yeah. like, it's, mm-hmm. it's it's ingenious in a way by being like we're just gonna do kind of like this thing that changes reality very early on so now when we do it later in the movie, like you just kind of get, get it. it yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. very smart yes mm-hmm. well we're starting to i think already borderline on spoilers does anyone else have anything spoiler free i think florence Pugh did a a fantastic job that first scene where she's on the phone we'll talk about i mean she's like well yeah just calling out how great of an actress she is in this i think you know we might not talk about hereditary as much going into spoilers but like you know the big standout performance uh from hereditary is like tony collette and i think that she's kind of like not the next Tony Collette, but it's just like just an equally powerful, yeah. poignant performance. Ari Aster knows how to use his lead female actresses. Yes, yes he certainly yeah. does. To their fullest yeah. talents. And he um, treats them with respect and 
which is very, very yeah. cool and honor. I will say uh, before we break into spoilers that this movie is at Story Screen. And if you want to see more movies like this at Story Screen, we need you to see come, come buy this ticket. movie here, yeah, yeah, yeah. you know, yeah, and uh, for sure. So please, if you have any, if you're in the spoiler-free section and you have any interest in seeing Midsummer, we and you like these A24 horror movies, you have to see them here. Please, <laughs> you have to. yeah, you no, but like we need your support to get more films like that. That's just the bottom line. Yeah, thank you for the support for the Dead Don't Die. We're super excited about that. Yeah, replicate that, sign. please. Yes. Yeah, yes, yeah. Please. If you want more weird arty movies. Vote with your dollar, folks. That's Absolutely. how it works. Yep. And come through and uh, talk talk to us about it. Oh, we uh, got opinions, son. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you want to re- rebuke some podcast opinions? He challenged us. Challenge us, right? <laughs> challenge us. <laughs> I won't talk about last night in public. That's the one. Fair enough. I like it. You do it all the time. <laughs> yeah, that's because I like to start fights. <laughs> um, and Jets fan four two one six zero, your opinion. Uh, thank you for your for your comments. Yeah, fuck, uh, yeah, fuck you. We, um, <laughs> but you know, no one cares, and no one likes you, um, and uh, that's it. No one cares. So True. thanks. But Prince by Cutie Pie six nine, you're a good guy. Yeah, shout out, shout yeah, out, shout out, shout out, shout out, shout out. Thank you very much. Thank you for listening. Cool. All right, you guys ready to break into spoilers now? Spoilies. Yeah. All right. Uh, we'll be right back. Hello, and welcome to another episode of It's Fits, where Story Screen's own film laureate, Brian Robert Fitzgibbons, speaks on a film. Today, Fitz will discuss the 1997 pop culture smash, Austin Powers' International Man of Mystery. Austin Powers, starring Michael McBride. Um, no, what's his name? Michael Hurley. Michael McConaughey. It's like he's like, that was a good movie. They made three of them, right? The Spy Who Shagged Me. Um, I don't know. Michael Myers, that's his name. I prefer. The movie <laughs> Get in My Belly. Um Fat Bastard. No, I prefer it's like a Cut it. Um no, don't cut it. What the fuck? It's like a movie about his wife who's a murderer. Like that's that's good Michael Myers. Michael is that his name, Michael Myers? <laughs> no. That's a dude from Halloween. Wayne <laughs> and Garth. No, Michael, Ma- shut the fuck up. Cut it. <laughs> Can't do this. But yo, that movie. Um, like my I married an axe murderer or something like that. Oh, uh, so I married an axe. Yeah, yo, that I love that movie. I remember that movie. Uh, there she goes. But anyway, that movie was good. I think. This has been another episode of It's Fits. So, I know, Robbie, you said right before this 
segment, mm. we're probably going to walk away from the hereditary like comparisons here. Oh, but you got I one. I just want to make this one quick one. <laughs> All right. One hot one. Sure. All right. We'll see. So, also spoilers for hereditary. So, if you haven't seen hereditary, just turn this off. Go watch that one first. Or plug your ears. Then come to Story Screen Beacon, see Midsummer, and then turn this back on. Classic okay? Jesus Christ, what a double feature. You'll you'll either thank me hand. or never want to talk to me again. Um, anyway, there is a moment in Hereditary that I think stands out in everybody's mind that is like a very oh, watershed head, moment head of, head, yeah. yes, where... I noticed when the, they were like, we're going to do it again. Main character, <laughs> yes. So the main, like, I was like, sick, thanks. Main character, hold on, I'll, I'll get there, I'll get yeah. there. So one of the main characters loses <laughs> her head very dramatically in a car accident, and that kind of like sets the rest of the movie off, like from... The, like it was already that's like spooky, unexpected. but that's the unexpected thing. Yeah. yeah. This fucking running. movie does it in the first 15 minutes. Oh, that version? Yeah. Thankfully, does it a little bit less violently. It's less <laughs> yes. violently, but I also think because it's – because – okay. This movie starts with Florence Pugh getting an email from her sister that is – she describes as scary and like trying to call her parents, trying to call her sister, calling her boyfriend. I feel like everybody – I don't know. I maybe am just inclined to be more anxious. I don't know about you guys, mm-hmm. but I've oh, yeah. had that moment where I'm like, my parents aren't picking up the phone. Yeah. I'm freaked out. Like, I haven't heard from them in a long time. Like, I think everybody can relate to that sort of feeling. And this movie uses that so fucking effectively. Mm-hmm. And when she gets that phone call and then it cuts to her calling her boyfriend back and he picks up and it's just immediately crying over the phone. Wailing, yeah. It is Fucked in the same way that when it cuts to Tony Collette finding the head in the car and then cuts to her just completely breaking down on the floor. And like that sh- like that happens in Hereditary, like kind of at the end of the first act or so. It's like the act mm-hmm. one break, yeah. This happens in the first like before the title credits. Yeah. And it is just it is fucked. Yeah, so that's a like, flash grenade right in the yeah, face. Yeah. Triple homicide. How do you feel about that? Bad. Mm-hmm. Bad. I felt bad. I felt bad. I felt bad. Oh, just like the design of it too. Like she's oh. like, there's like puke on her. So it's just like, you know what, like how it all went down, just in that single shot and like the camera. And it's also, I mean, the beautiful. slow, the it's slow beautiful. like, like camera roll of the fire department coming into the house and yeah. like finding the car and then going up the stairs. It's just following the umbilical cord essentially. Yeah. Yeah. Like the- no, I like that. Yeah. Way out of life that she came into life. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Taking her parents with her. And I mean, the you music. Think, well, the after music. that. By, I mean, during no, that. By noted electronic musician, the Haxon Cloak. Okay. I'm a, excuse me, I put that in my notes. Yeah. yeah. Haxon Cloak. Yeah, very, yeah. very good. Into it. A, a much more traditional um, score, but a terrific one nonetheless. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I think that scene especially is the one that really struck me with the music. And how mm-hmm. impactful, like, those really harsh strings can be. Mm-hmm. I think it's crazy that that scene also, like, it takes a turn for the worse. And, like, because like, you see the cars, you, you kind of, like, oh, carbon monoxide poisoning. She killed herself, right? And then you, it just gets more and more, like, gruesome. Like the falling. tape on her parents' door. Yeah. And you're just like, why? 
right. Which you see when she calls her parents the first time, them, mm-hmm. them like laying peacefully in bed, but you kind of know like something Something's is up. Wrong. Yeah. So I didn't suspect it necessarily because I was like, oh, there's sleep. Because I, you know, I, I didn't catch on to like how desperate her sister was to go through with this insane deed, you know. When it cuts to um, Danny's phone, Danny is the name of Florence Pugh's character. Uh, when it cuts to her phone, like she is called several times yeah. at this mm-hmm. point. Mm-hmm. So, so the funny thing is, is that uh, I was so excited about this movie that I like five, six months ago, I actually found the screenplay on the internet and I read some of it. What is wrong with you? I, well, <laughs> you know, you know, I'm, you know, I'm a student of of writing and stuff, and I was just curious to see how. But it you would did play it on your own volition. I did. <laughs> I did. I will say, and if you're I, trying to understand how movies get made, you want to... Reading the script afterwards is always good. Afterwards. No, but reading it before is kind of better in some scenarios. I wouldn't recommend always spoiling I didn't. Movies, I didn't though, read the whole thing. I yeah. pretty much... Uh, I, I pretty much, like, read that whole sequence and then stopped. <laughs> and so I, I knew what was going to happen going in, but still just the way it was executed, it still very much affected me. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It, was, sure. it was still extremely I, effective and very visceral. And just like I said before that, like uncomfortable, real and raw, uh, horrible thing that happens and just the emotion that comes off of it is is yeah. just so powerful and mm-hmm. gripping. And, and that really sets the stage for – what Danny is dealing with with for the rest of the movie and right. it sets the stage with her relationship with Christian where even before this horrible thing happens like she needs him she's reaching out for some sort of like comfort in him and he is not immediately willing to give her that and he's very reluctant to give her that and it's I think this is where I I definitely see how you you mean about it being empowering is like her reaching for someone else in that grief and not finding it mm-hmm. and looking elsewhere and looking inward to find it. Sure, yeah. Well, I will say, coming off of Hereditary, that this opening sequence kind of set me up to like think like, oh, she's broken down. She's as broken down as she can be. So she's extremely susceptible to anything. Right, right. <laughs> and how is this going to play out? Which put you on your nerves very early on. Right. And really, that is a big part of how cults work. Mm-hmm. That is a big part of how you, when you see cults as an outside observer, if you ever look into the stories of, you know, Waco or uh, any of that stuff, like you see, yeah, I tell me Jeremy's giving me a look. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I you maybe have some firsthand experience with this, not, not first, firsthand, but secondhand experience. Oh. Um, it is that sort of finding people who are desperate and finding people who are broken and finding people who are just looking for some sort sense of family and community and in a way preying on that. And mm-hmm. that is very much what this movie is about. Oh, yeah. Especially with uh, Pele, the character who is Swedish, right? who seems to have come to America to cultivate friendships in right. order to bring them He's the to recruiter. this festival. Yeah, he is yeah. the recruiter. And he says early on, like, I'm so happy you're coming with us because she is the most broken one. Yes. And he even is like poking at that wound a little bit by like, 
exposing that nerve and talking about it directly with her. Shit, I, right. even I fell for it. May I was thinking in my head like maybe eh, maybe Pele is like unaware of like what's really going Fuck. on, and then I was like, <laughs> well, I, I got sweet summer child. I got I got hit by it. I I should have. I let my guard down. I mean, it's also like a matter of perspective. And I think that like the idea that, uh, you know, a lot of these people in this group are, they're anthropologists, right? That's what they're like going to grad school for. They want to study these fucking weirdos. Well, I mean, I think like there's a, there might be a comment to be made that like Christian has kind of like a serious, like maybe lack of his own assurance through his own identity. So maybe he seeks out culture through other people. And that's why he's so reluctant to give because he's so unassured of himself. Right. Um, he's he's the the leech. He, well, yeah, mm-hmm. man. I mean, um, he kind of sucks, and I want I wanted to not think he sucked for so long, and then eventually it's just like yeah, he kind of sucks. Now the movie is trying to tell you that. He he sucks. Movie, he sucks. Well, they definitely finish in a way where it's just like, did you did you not know? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. It does a good job though of painting him. Yeah, he does suck, mm-hmm. but it's almost like yeah, he he's so weak willed. That he can't help but yeah. suck. He doesn't suck for all the reasons that you might think he does in the beginning, but then through trials and tribulations, it's just like, yeah, you just kind of suck. It's not just like, He's it's like hard to date someone who's like really upset all the time. It's like, no, you just are bad right. at empathy. Right. You know, that's mm-hmm. just like kind of what it is. He seems like a child. Yeah. Like, point him in a direction, he goes. Yeah. Well, even more, even less like uh, actively a child, like, there are shades where, especially the, the, Part that was most striking to me was um, when they go to the party and Danny Mm -hmm. is like they bring up Sweden and how they're all going. And Danny is very much this awkward moment. And it's that kind of thing where um, that friend, like you said, that's like just really having a hard time. And like you want the you know, it's it's tough to want to support them, but also when they're a downer a lot of the time, especially when it's like a girlfriend, it's you hard. know, it's, it can be a, a difficult thing. Yeah. Um, but the way that the, the trip to Sweden comes up at that party, it's obvious, very obvious that they're all hiding something from yeah. Danny. And then he gaslights specific- her later. Yeah, yeah. exactly. That's like, the thing. He turn- she has every reason to be mad. Yeah. And he and, turns it around yeah. on her where she's apologizing to him. Right. Like, that is the moment I was like, oh, he fucking sucks. sucks. Yeah. Because yeah. I think, I don't know, maybe you guys have been lucky enough to not have a conversation like that. But I've had conversations like that. And it's yeah. not fun. Uh, yeah. I've been yeah. adjacent to it. I've been on the Christian side of things before. And, like, this movie definitely made me kind of be like, not that I ever thought, like, when you think about things that you've done in retrospect and you're like, oh, that kind of sucks. But it definitely was just like, this is the worst possible outcome for acting like a little a fucking asshole right. you know it's like all right well but that's look, why I, look inward <laughs> i think it's it's fascinating that this movie is from the perspective of danny right and really like it is through her lens that you are seeing the the grief and the loss that she experiences and then you get that reflection of what Christian is kind of doing and doing a bad job of being supportive mm-hmm. and like from her perspective like yeah, okay, maybe she is the downer in the group, but she just went through something completely awful. And this group is continuously – this group that she considers her friends, which the difficult part for her is she's the only woman in this group of all mm-hmm. men, which I went to a engineering school, which was <laughs> we have one woman friend in a group of all men. It can – like I there are – this 
situation was familiar to me in some ways. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, and kind of like you said, like you can see shades of where you you are like the Christian in the situation. And yeah. it's like, I mean, I think the movie is trying to – I think the movie knows those type of people out there or maybe even creative-wise like have been in those – bad side of the situations and is commenting on those, you know? Yeah. It's just what Ari Aster is just so good at doing. It's just, he just yeah. evokes such a strong sense of empathy and he just yeah. creates such familiar and uncomfortable situations. So much of the dialogue in this just, movie just feels fucking real. Yeah. There are points of the movie where I'm just like, this could, this is so grounded, like real conversations from like the slight, like asking questions about, what their project's on, to just, like, casual saying hello to each other, especially mm-hmm. early on in the movie, where it's just, like, this is just, this is, like, real fucking people talking, which is, like, yeah. maybe sounds, like, weird to say about, like, yeah, their actors are doing their job to a certain extent. <laughs> but, but that's like, hard it's just to do. So, it's hard to make it, like, it's, and it's especially real. It's especially unusual mm-hmm. in a horror movie. Absolutely. But I think the, the most powerful thing about horror is because it can be so visceral, it breaks down that sort of, natural defense mechanism that you might have that allows these like you said he can Ari Aster can convey this sense of empathy that's so powerful and because he evokes a visceral response especially in that first scene that first 15 minutes that now like you are almost more susceptible to feeling more strongly about it because Mm -hmm. now you've got this like pit in your stomach yeah and it just makes the the horror sequence, the shocking sequence, all the more shocking. Right. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I would say the only, like, real, like, horror, like, traditional horror elements of the movie, like, really happen in that one moment with her sister doing the thing, you know? Yeah. Well, um, yes. Yeah. And there, hmm, well, there are tense and scary moments, to yeah. be sure. And especially when you get towards the, the tail end of the movie. But even then, they're presented in such a different way. Even when you have... The, you know, the 72-year-old couple, the, yeah. the end of winter couple jumping off like, yes. you know, it's they're framing it as like, it's not framed in a way, it's just like the the audience is supposed to interpret it differently. Like, it's like, you can either think of this as the people who are rejecting it, or you can see it as the people who are right. being like, this is our I'm, culture, I'm, this I, is like what we do. I know? don't know about that, because the way that the movie portrays violence is just like, it's just puts your face right in the violence sure. and it just and it just shows you right it up holds front. your nose to it yeah like <laughs> a big time it, it yeah. cuts to the face the smushed face you don't really see smushed faces no. in movies too no. much not in a very realistic way but it just shows you that so many times and if you jumped it, like, off a cliff your face would be smushed if you landed yeah, face first like that shit looks like straight out of like a crime scene like yeah. a real mm-hmm. life crime that scene that shit is it's rotten.com yeah. Like, <laughs> yeah. Oh, God. Ari Aster definitely was raised on some rotten.com. Yeah. Yeah. And, yeah. I mean, well, the movie continues to show you later on just how Danny is feeling in the beginning. So Danny feels that way. And then mm-hmm. you see how she feels, but it's not her experiencing it, it's others. Mm-hmm. Right. And I thought that was a very cool swap as well. But yeah. Though you could definitely see like the whole ritual as just like an allegory for her relationship with Christian. Well, I think right. it's how Insane. people struggle with grief too. Yeah. I mean, mm-hmm. I think that more so about cutting toxicity out of your life. Yeah. Right. Yeah. I mean, you know, I think that she, one of the more powerful moments for me in the movie, there's a lot of powerful moments, but one of the ones that stand out to me right now is, you know, towards the end when she's, like, screaming with, like, her kind of commune or, like, her her, yeah. her squad. And they're, like, <laughs> screaming together. But it's, like, that idea of just, like, 
she's kind of like sharing the grief, so it's like less like on her, right? Mm-hmm. Um, Which no one would do for her, right? No it's one, exactly no what one Christian would, would not do exactly. For her. And she found like a group of people who would do that, and also make her like look like a flower slug at the end. <laughs> The flower slug. Cool. It looks sick. sick. There is some very striking imagery in this movie. Yeah, mm-hmm. very striking. I mean, and it kind so of much... takes the like kind of like Wiccan art style that was in Hereditary and kind of just like turning the dial to a hundred percent. And definitely evokes those like nineteen seventies uh, cults, mm-hmm. um, cult theme for sure. Horror yeah. films. I mean, totally. from like the, the garb, the of Wicker Man, and, yeah. you know. Well, just treating like human bodies like human bodies is very cool to see. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Right. Because rarely are we meant to feel comfortable in our bodies, and Ari yeah. does not care about that. Right. He says, no, you should be comfortable. This is what a body looks like. Yeah. Mm-hmm. They'll show you the dick. A lot of nudity. <laughs> a lot of Well, I think you're trying to say, Verna, is that they show you the dick. Right? They do. <laughs> they do. Yeah. They do. <laughs> yes. A couple times. A couple different mm-hmm. dicks in that. The Chris Pratt body double dick. <laughs> yeah. yeah. They let you see it. Yeah. Yes. I don't know if we're there yet, but maybe we'll come no. back to it. But yeah. um, is that not the most apt portrayal of the moment post-jizz moment of clarity? Like, <laughs> Dude, I was thinking the like, same thing. Look, well, can you imagine just being in a, like, you're just done. All of a sudden, he's like, like, oh, no. I am surrounded by chanting women. Just the whole scenario, you're just like. I need to close this tab right now. Yes. <laughs> you need to close this tab immediately. Where am I? What am I doing? <laughs> and you said this wasn't a harm. Yeah, true. Yeah. Too close to home. There, there's a part where someone wears another man's skin. Yes. And no, yeah. you know, bludgeons another man with a hammer. That is a thing that happens. That's yes. very horrific. That's yeah. very horrific. <laughs> and it just it just happens in like it happens very quickly in the middle of the movie, and then yes. it just moves on. Yes, it's totally. It's all about how it's presented. Yeah, you know? it's because it's like again, they're all, they're they're presenting it as like this is a culture and a tradition, and it's like you know. It's like trying to go to like indigenous people and trying to like westernize them. It's like you can't go to this culture and like they're you're invited into this culture and you're rejecting their practices. And then you know it being a horror movie, it's like pretty gruesome practices. I don't know, bro, but it's like not your family, dude. Like it, it, the movie kind of like it's it's a weird. I'm not even really sure how to quite articulate it because it's like straddling such a weird line. There is, I think, mm-hmm. I think I'm picking up what you're what you're getting at here. Is there's like a definitely with them being like anthropologists. Yeah, there is a level of of like that imperialistic sense of like Americans treading on. Someone yeah. else's they culture. They try to steal information yeah. after they're like kept out of it. Like I'm not even sure. Maybe if like imperialistic is like the, the right word. It's like adjacent to like I think I'm trying to say some pretty similar themes to. Uh, you ever seen Cannibal Holocaust? I have no. no. Uh, <laughs> okay, not well, <that's>, yet. <laughs> well, yeah, that's I'm working my way up to it. <laughs> that's that's another one. That's I would say out. it's done with a higher level of craft sure. than Cannibal Holocaust, <laughs> but yeah. Okay, yeah. Well, <laughs> very very different movies. I mean, like, yeah. different similar, styles. I'm not similar trying things. to, like, uh, knock anthropologists because, like, a lot of them, you know, communing with these – with different people or communities and or things like that is – Like, is, almost trying to exploit them for, yeah, for their own personal yeah. gain. I mean, like – Yes and no. I mean, that's how, like, you know, the wealth of information can be shown about the world. That's how we get to learn about these You could definitely things, see, like, you know? yeah, cheaty what is it? that way. What or is it? Yeah, I, Josh. I have very many times on this podcast 
step back from saying Cheedy, but I want to address him as Cheedy. That's just how I know that actor I, What was his name? Josh. In, Josh. Josh. You can yeah. call Yeah, call him whatever you want. But yeah, um, I didn't think any of these characters, any of the anthropologists showed up there with any reverence whatsoever. They were that's very disrespectful. I mean, yeah. that's the problem. One yes. of them literally pisses on the ancient's like tree and he's like oh i didn't fucking know and it's like well maybe just don't go pissing well, i don't think he's an anthropologist is he they don't i don't know if they explicitly <laughs> say but he's just kind of like the two doing the thesis that's the guy he's the guy that brings yeah. the weed <laughs> constantly yeah, just constantly mushrooms. vaping yeah. Well, yeah. Like, in this idyllic like beautiful <laughs> the uh, swedish planes mm-hmm. he's just like pulling on his vape the whole time ripping on was he charging that thing i guess they had electricity in the tent did they yeah they were like plugging in their phones oh yeah sure. i guess right mm-hmm. yeah he was working on his but laptop yeah, it's, it's hard to say because for some respects you want to say that this group of people this cult essentially mm-hmm. that they were you know, welcoming people into it. And if they would have maybe been more respectful, then maybe they wouldn't have suffered the fate that they did. Sure. But they were also but brought by, a sacrifice. The, by the, by the end, so it's kind of clear. That's yeah. the problem. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It, That's what makes it difficult because at some point you're like, oh, this is their culture. But then it's like, oh, no, they bring lambs to the slaughter. <laughs> and these are human yeah. people and they're dicks. Yeah. But – that also sucks. Yeah, maybe the Swedish police should know about those. Probably. <laughs> Probably. Sweden's a know. big country, dude. They might be like, we don't, we don't fuck it. with those so, people over there. Yeah. yeah, we don't deal with Let that them shit. do their thing. I mean, mm-hmm. the U.S. is a big country, too, and there have been notable situations where people are doing the same kind of shit. Mm-hmm. Fair Jonestown, enough. you know. Yeah, like, yeah, for sure. Police probably could have done something about Jonestown as well. No, you're right. You're right. I mean, they seem so peaceful. And just I'm not. I'm not dog. Trims. I'm not dogging on the movie for nobody calling the police. Like, no, <laughs> no way. But don't if call the fucking tried. cops, Jeremy. Come on, snitches <laughs> get yeah, stitches. Yeah, honestly, literally. That was a literally. It's like that's Hitchcock. Or the opposite of thing. stitches. They get flowers in yes. their eyes. Hitch, that famous Hitchcock quote: "Snitches get stitches." <laughs> True. Uh, yeah. Mm. What a mm. movie! What mm. a movie! It's <laughs> good. It's it's. I, I I was blown away by it, like, I, and I'm still I'm glad that you know as as per usual with hot takes I'm glad to have a panel to like massage out my ideas of it because when when bit. the credits rolled up I was just like I don't know if I get it <laughs> you know but then like I talk about it, I think I I'm starting to get it a little bit it's a lot to take in immediately yeah you gotta let yeah. it sit with you because there's a lot of like different things going on there's like I think the overarching theme of of grief and kind of like you know, cutting ties with things. But then, like, you know, what do, you, what do we make of, like, assimilation and, like, some of those things that are happening in the movie? Like, I don't know. Yeah. I want to talk about psychedelics. Drugs. No one needs to out themselves here. But I will say that this – I think this movie handled psychedelics in a visually very on-the-nose way. I, very mm-hmm. researched. Yes. Yeah. One of the first <laughs> scenes when they take this out, that I was – Shocked I was like, by how yep, accurate got it. it was. I was just like, uh huh. That's exactly. Have that's, you guys ever uh, read uh, Doors of Perception by Aldous Huxley? No, Mm-mm. no. I read some of it, but he, you know, kind of was like one of the first people to like write about doing uh, mescaline and okay. doing LSD. And like, you know, the way he articulates it is very much like true to the experience, where it's just like, it doesn't change 
what you see. It changes your perception, your perception of yes. things. Yeah, and this movie like captures that. And like you know, there are sometimes where it gets movified, mm-hmm. but not in not in terms of no, like anything I, too crazy. I mean, honestly, you know? like so. Okay, psychedelic drugs change the way your brain processes chemicals. Mm-hmm. Everything you see, everything you hear, everything you taste, all chemical signals eventually becoming electricity within your brain. So if you have a new chemical that's introduced to your system that fucks with the way that your brain processes all those chemicals, all those inputs that you experience are going to be different. Mm -hmm. And I think what a lot of movies get wrong about psychedelics is it's like can be this really exaggerated kind of thing. Or, you know, they make you like – like hallucinate things that literally are 100% yeah, not exactly. even there. Yes, which is not usually the case with psychedelics. No. And like especially if anything, I kind of wish there was a little bit more to the psychedelia in this movie. Like, I think it's aware of it trying to be accurate, it is, which is why it's toned down. It's toned down. Yeah. It's subtle in a lot of Compared cases. Compared to how Hereditary ends and like all the batshit imagery from that movie, it's, it's surprising actually how reserved – it's measured, how, yeah, yeah. And how toned back the um, the psychedelic imagery. I think right, there's also, but, like, you know, later in the movie when maybe some of the visuals get a little bit more insane, you know, we're outside of the normal realm of psychedelics. Like, I don't know if they're taking shroomies anymore. They might be, you know, they're taking, like, mashed up, like, piss tea. What is in know. that tea? Yeah, who no. knows? But even those visuals, like, what she's experiencing, what she's seeing yeah. is what's happening. Right. But the the psychedelia part of it is is the warping effect. It kind of mm-hmm. reminds me of um, the Book of Songs that the um, you know uh, I'm not sure how to describe this character, um, the one who writes the songs who's like dis- deformed. Oh yeah, the Oracle. Ru- I think Ruben. Or the or- Ruben. Ruben. Ruben the Oracle. Yeah. Uh, mm-hmm. You know the, he writes these songs that are to be interpreted. Right, you know, and it's uh, it kind of reminds me of like the psychedelic experience in a way, or like right. you know, if you have ever tried to like draw or articulate something, like when you're in like a trip, and then someone else like, or you see it sober, maybe someone else tries to interpret it. It kind of reminds me of that because they're like kind of like really crazy, obtuse yeah. images in these books, you know? right? And it's the change of perception, and they talk about that with mm-hmm. with Ruben especially. Is it Ruben? I think so. Okay. I'll double check. Good at that. Um, Remembering characters' names like that? Well, you could be wrong. That's impressive. But you might be right. Uh, the, they, they say that specifically even outside the realm of psychedelics, like because they're born disabled, deformed, they're they not – they don't clarity. have the same sort of perception of the world that someone with a normal normal cognitive Do function – Do you guys want to see what Ruben looks like Who questions things, yeah. Um, well, it's just a young boy. <laughs> little guy, little blonde guy. <laughs> oh, wow. um, Look at him. Yeah. Um, so I think that's interesting as well. And I, I definitely, in that first scene, that they take the mushrooms, mm-hmm. and especially like that sort of, um, it goes back to that same like the the situation of Danny being with these guys and yeah. like being the one that's like she's obviously not in an okay mental state which is not where you want to be when you take psychedelics a lot of when you all. take psychedelics it's just like how am i before going into it yeah not like where am i going to be when i come out because of it, in the same you know? way like 
that sort of perception is just amplified in a lot of crazy ways. And that's why people see – that's why the visuals can be really striking. It's just because when you look at somebody that's tripping, their fucking pupils are are dilated all the way up to the max. Mm -hmm. Um, And that's because the chemicals make your pupils dilate Mm -hmm. and you now see so much more because you're just – so your brain is just getting all this unfiltered light, yeah. which also like kind of ties into how bright this movie is mm-hmm. almost to the point where like my eyes were starting to hurt staring at this movie. Mm-hmm. But seeing her go on that bad trip immediately is like, well, yeah, if you're in a bad place mentally, when you take psychedelics, it's, gonna be a bad time. it's not going to be a good time. Yeah. And then she runs into that room and looks in the mirror and I just immediately thought no 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 Boy, was she brave to continue taking those sleeping pills. Oh, my After goodness. After that first one, I'd probably be like, I'll, Never just, mind. I'll just, you know. I'll just stay awake. I'll be sleep-drawing. I'll sleep just uh, count sheep to sleep uh, or in something. a place that, like, has no night, though, you know. Oh, and the crying baby. Mm-hmm. Every time they go into the tent, the crying baby. Yeah, dude. You might be like, I'll take oh. a sleeping pill and deal with nightmares. I don't fucking know. Ari Aster is so good at just, like, creating those, like, little subtle things mm-hmm. that just, like, get under your skin in every scene. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That, that, uh, that scream... In the distance, oh. and they never acknowledge. They're just exactly. Like, yeah, I don't know. We all yeah. know. Happens. We all know what it is, though. You know? Yeah, it's that classic 1970s style of horror mm-hmm. where they never, where they don't really show you. Even though this movie does show you some really fucked up things that happen, but it chooses ha- half the time. Yeah. It chooses not to show you, and it's just like implied, and that like makes it even more disturbing. Yeah, and, and then you see the after effects, and you're yeah. just, and it's just like, Ugh. it's like a subversion on a subversion where they first don't show you the very fucked up thing. They like cut away from it. And then they cut back to it mm-hmm. and then put your nose in it, which he did that in Hereditary too yeah, with the decapitation. It's like you go back to it and it's like a long pause where you're staring at the after effects of it. Mm-hmm. It's like, yeah, Tony Collette's character saying like, oh, it's it's not the real thing. It's just a replica mm-hmm. of the thing. Right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It was fucked up. But this yeah, I think, up. I think it's a masterpiece. I have no doubt it will be in my top 10 movies by the end of this year. I think it's... It's uh, going to create a lot of discussion amongst the films like Oh, absolutely. Sure. Yeah. I mean, I'm curious to see how, you know, all types of audiences receive it, you know? Yeah. I can finally <laughs> unmute um, Midsummer on Twitter because I've had it <laughs> muted for the last couple of weeks since oh, really? the embargo lifted. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I haven't had anything to... I don't think I had anything to It's not even spoilery. Like, I'm not even worried about spoilers. I am worried about spoilers, but it was just like, I I was so hotly anticipating this movie, I didn't want to see anybody talk about yeah. it until I had the opportunity to That's see it for I'm myself. That's why I'm seeing Spider-Man at 11 o'clock tomorrow because I just <laughs> want that movie in my 
fucking face before anyone tries to tell me what Mysterio does. That would probably be nice yeah. to watch tomorrow after uh, <laughs> nice after little, this. Yeah, palate yeah. cleanser. You guys exactly. Have no idea, but I need it. It's like I just want to see. That's why I was just like, I'm seeing, I'm seeing Spider Man no matter what. I need it. Yeah, it's gonna be a nice like cozy pillow to it's snuggle up on. Jake Gyllenhaal and a fishbowl head. That's all. I, that's all I ever wanted. That's all, that's all, all I ever wanted. Okay. Mm-hmm. Watch some of the press tour stuff. I have, oh, oh, it's bitch. so good. Yeah. <laughs> it's so bitch, good. Yeah, of course. <laughs> those two. Just give me those. Just they give me a road other. movie with those they two. Ju- they put out a video today where they go to like you know a hospital for terminally ill kids. I'm just like, who wants to see Mysterio dressed up? I guess I do. I don't know. <laughs> they both are walking. In I just want to see Jake Gyllenhaal. Take the costume off, Jake. Just be you. Put him in his Nightcrawler outfit. Yeah, <laughs> that'd be cool. Like from X Men. That's a joke. <laughs> <laughs> Good job, Robbie. Good job. Do you guys have any other closing thoughts or continuing thoughts if you're not already closed yet? I mean, I just think we could talk about this for another three hours, but we won't. Yeah. But uh, seeing that Mark character made to be the jester at the end of this yes. film perfect. That's perfect. is so good. I think Very that was the good. first time that I heard people being like, oh, gosh. Like, they yeah. dump him around like a doll. Uh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Because, oh, like, I think the only so thing there is, like, cool. his face skin. I think mm. everything else is kind of sewn up. Yeah. And then seeing uh, Simon's lungs still breathing. That was Still fun. attempting that was, to work. Yes. That was one of the coolest things I've ever seen in a horror movie. Well, like, ever. I think he's dead. And then it's like, oh, no. no. Mostly. Mostly. Pretty much. Yeah, I... I, uh, I we talked a little bit about how, like, the horror trope of, like, a group of young people kind of being picked off is, like, yeah. used in this movie. And it is interesting how they use Mark especially as the surrogate for, like, what the fuck are, are these people doing? Like, <laughs> yeah. this is weird. Because, like, it is so committed to that level of, like, ritual, like, this commune, like, doing – and he, yeah. they even set it up. Um, with Pele saying in the beginning, like, oh, you're going to think it's kind of silly, like, a lot of the stuff we're doing out there, but it's, like, kind of like theater for us. And, like, Mark is the audience surrogate character to the, be there. And, like, even there's a lot of scenes where, like, his – you can just hear his voice kind of, like, in the background <laughs> of what's going on, just yeah. being like, what the fuck is going on? <laughs> yeah, there's so there's so much to talk about with this movie. I think, like, the whole theater thing, I think just, like I, – I can, it cannot be overstated just, like, the thought and care put into – the set design choreography the cloths that have like you know the outcome of the movie that happened at the end of the first act and Mm -hmm. just like you know there's a room with wallpaper that has panels and i'm sure if you were to you know blade runner enhance enhance like it'd just be like it's all spelled out all things yeah the bear on fire is one of the like paintings exactly that they show and you know from and like you know from the period blood and the lemonade mm-hmm. and the lemonade, pubes and the pubes, pubes like the that's all there in that first so- like scene and like you know we, we could have a whole podcast about the idea of what fertil- like fertility means in this like commune like there's yeah. this movie has so much to like really pull apart it's a shame I'll never watch it again <laughs> <laughs> I might watch it again yes next you week. will I, think this one, uh, I, I think watch this, Hereditary again I think this one would be different. an easier watch a second watch for me than Hereditary I agree with that was I think yeah this one will make me I think enjoy watching Hereditary more now yeah, yeah. now See knowing the, that this exists the craft yeah absolutely Ari Aster is like we just got this talent 
And it's he's already just like firing on all cylinders. Yeah, he's and, immediately um, one of my favorite directors. And I'm ex- really excited to see what he does next. Because from what I heard, he like wants to move away from horror and he wants to like adapt his like he's he said he's got a musical screenplay. He's got like a sci-fi story. So I'm, yeah, it's kind of ex- like uh, he sounds like Damien Chazelle in a way. Because I feel like Damien Chazelle kind of like bops around a little bit. Yeah, yeah, for know. sure, for sure. So I'm excited to see how he puts his level of detail and crafts into like all kinds of different genres i'm with you but at the same time he's making horror movies unlike anybody else is making horror movies so even if he does go do some different stuff for a while i will be patiently awaiting his his return i don't think he'll leave you hanging forever and it it, there i don't think there's a horror movie like midsummer which is at the top i kind of said like i almost feel like it's kind of a disservice calling this movie just a horror movie. I mean, I think because Midsummer like, it pulls from like, a lot of really good elements of what's come before it. But in terms of, like, what the package is now and so complete, it's such a uh, contemporary masterpiece. You yeah. know, like, it's, it's so much like a postmodern masterpiece in that way because it's... Love that word. It's pulling... I mean, it's, I think at this point it applies. You it's know, true. It's pulling from so much and, and commenting on so much that precedes it that yeah. it is... And it's so masterfully executed that I I think there's very few other words that can describe what it's doing. But it's very cool that he's just also very much just going back to nature. Yeah. He was like, you know, I can be all of these things, but also I'm one with like the core spirit of mm-hmm. this world, which is very interesting. Yeah. yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. There's, there's definitely that level of like communing with the earth kind of spirituality, not just with the commune, the kind of cult itself, but just a lot of what's going on with mm-hmm. this this movie i mean that's danny kind of returns like becomes like this uh yeah right and that is where she like finally kind of finds her peace as well mm-hmm. yeah highly highly recommend for sure definitely 100 you can also, handle it people the the last yeah. thing i want to say yeah mm, probably <laughs> maybe i don't want to speak for everybody me. there might be some trigger warnings for some people yeah it can yeah, be if you've lot. ever had a really bad trip, this maybe might trigger you. <laughs> this might be a bad time. <laughs> um, I, I think uh, it's interesting. Most horror movies, you leave the theater and it's nighttime and you go home and you're like spooked out. And Jeremy, you said this kind of before. like, Yeah, can I say it? Yeah, go ahead. Well, it's because, it's um, you know, like Jack just said, when you go out at night after a horror movie – you, you know, you feel spooked, like walking Ooh. to your car. You, you might, you know, see see like a face or something. But like walking into the walking into the night after this movie, like the nighttime is like oddly comforting. Yeah, the the sun is brutal in this yeah. movie. It is. It's oppressive. They weaponize yeah. it. There's like no sunscreen in this film. No, <laughs> I was just like, oh, Sweet I would die out, out there. I, I was afraid that like the cultists were gonna like weaponize sunburn at some yeah. point. Like oh yeah, I'd be fucked up. I I can just imagine them like tying someone to like a piece of wood. And Chris, I mean, Chris Pratt like, Chris Pratt stunt <clears throat> doubles uh, Farmer's Tan when he comes out fully in the buff. Like yeah. <laughs> that, that boy is pale. <laughs> he pale boy. I'm just glad that he didn't get to see too much of the light of day. Into no, that. I mean you know they present the sun like as like a smiley face, you know, and like yep. Uh, I'm not sure how to quite articulate what that means now, but I'm sure it means a thing, <laughs> you know, like, yeah, I mean, there's, there's so, so much, there's so much, much imagery, man. We, like just the art department alone behind this movie, like deserves all the clout right now. Like, oh yeah. The we, set design, art department, all that shit, dude. Costume design, like it movies incredible. Yeah. Technically wise. Like it's incredible. 
we haven't even touched on like the aspect of suicide and like the the older members of yeah. the community well, isn't, doesn't, ending their doesn't lives. Sweden and, have like one of the only like countries. Switzerland. With, like, a, it's Switzerland. Okay. Yes. Similar idea though, right? Where of you euthanasia, like voluntary euthanasia. Yeah, voluntary euthanasia. Gotcha. Yeah. I thought it was Sweden, but I. I know that Switzerland, Switzerland is the one you're thinking of. That there was like a right, recently yes. a high profile like doctor or something like that that mm. chose to go Do to that. Switzerland and euthanize himself. Um, yeah, yeah. But there is definitely like that is going on in this movie too. Sure, certainly in real life, much a much more hopefully tactful way than just throwing yourself off a cliff, right? Tactful, but I mean poetic. <laughs> There's something like the to be the said movie, for when they gave him like the little bit of like stick juice. They're like. I thought it was going to kill them instantly because they're like, you will feel no oh, pain. Drink then, the you. Yeah. Drink from the and then they get oh, lit no. on fire. And they're like, Dude, this sucks. No, that was, that was like him. Twi- one fuck. more twist of the knife is like, oh, yeah, to ease the pain, to quell the fear. And then when yeah. they're actually on fire, like, Turns out no, it fuck, nope. still fucking sucks. But he does it for the people who were like a part of their community. Yes. You know? So I, that's why I thought yeah. they were getting it out. Mm. No. <laughs> I guess not. Nope. Pain is pain. Nope. Yeah, you can't no pain, you know, no gain. If you're gonna do, you can't really do the human sacrifice without a little bit of uh, actual sacrifice. suffering. Not in this yeah. movie. Yeah, <laughs> no, nope. And they didn't even need bees. No bees. <laughs> no bees. <laughs> no bees. <laughs> no bees. <laughs> Maybe that'll be for the next one. Uh, Midsummer too. Uh, yeah, can't wait. Can't wait for that squeakle. Bees are back in town. <laughs> yeah. All right. Thank you all very much for joining us on this journey. On this. Uh, Think little little group therapy session after that movie. I think we probably needed it. Yeah. Um, this is not the only podcast that Story Screen does. We have many, many of content pieces for you, dear listener, on on our website, StoryScreenBeacon.com, where you can find articles, other podcasts, podcasts about TV, podcasts about video games, podcasts about well, also movies, but more heavily focused on drinking as well. Um, articles on all kinds of fun stuff. Go check it out on storyscreenbeacon.com where you can also find movie times if you would like to come see Midsummer at this lovely Story Screen Beacon Theater. It was a good, some good, real good audio going on in there. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Real good. Some like sh- seat shakers when the audio oh, yeah. really gets oh, cooking. Yeah. The, it's, uh, our, we have the fucking best theater. It's good. Like, yeah, it's, <laughs> it slaps. It's a good theater. Yeah. All those whispers sound like real whispers. Yes. Yeah. True. Yes. Terrifying, True. but fucking excellent. Robbie. Robbie I, was I was wondering right if you, I, I knew you guys were like all looking at me to see how just like fucking terrible I looked. <laughs> I, there was one point I was like scrunched up just like I was I looking at everybody. I can't mm-hmm. stand this movie. <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Because mm-hmm. I hate pain. I was yeah. checking on everybody. Yep. Make sure everyone was good. Daddy, Daddy Jay Bear looking mm-hmm. in. There's a there's definitely a few like <sighs> Yeah. Mid movie. Yeah. I think I had more during <sighs> I had more during Mother was the most visceral film. All the I've whole time we were watching Mother, Robbie was just like, fuck this movie. So fucking mad. <laughs> fuck this movie. I came away I mean, listen, I, I still like the movie. Dear right. listener, but we gotta go to bed. Yeah, it's, we gotta go it's home. Nighttime. It's late. It's yeah. late. We gotta go. Find the embrace of darkness after watching this bright, bright movie. Okay, thank you very much again for listening. I'm Jack Kaljeski. Bernadette Gorman-White. Robbie Anderson. Jeremy Kaljeski. Good night. Good night. Skull. Skull.
Ooga it's chaka. better. It's better than the. Uh, <laughs> Well, some... I'll talk about it later.